0: From the Nick and Izzy Network Studios in New York, this is The Hirsch Show. Tonight's guest, from the Ramones, punk rock legend C.J. Ramone.
1: And now, here's your host, Kyle Hirschon. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the Hearst Show. Thank you so much for tuning in last week uh, with the Chapman, my producer, Nick. And this week we got a very special treat for you today. I'm speaking with CJ Ramon from the famous Ramon. CJ, thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Good to be here. So, you know, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I loved listening to the Ramones growing up. Uh, my my dad got me introduced to this. So obviously, you know, I'm a bit younger than the typical Ramones fan at this point. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was born after you guys did your last show in Los Angeles. Uh, but, you know, this was something that I enjoyed. I love listening to you guys on the radio. Um and, you know, every now or so, you know, I get a chance to see some good shows out on of, out of the scene. But, of course, obviously with COVID, you know, you can't do anything. So, first of all, how how are you doing with the whole COVID situation?
0: Uh, well, you know, funny, I really uh, – in 2019, I uh, announced that it was going to be my last shows going out on the road. Oh, um, really? Uh, you know, doing my solo stuff and doing the Ramon stuff. Um, you know – uh, I've got 30 plus years in I've missed plenty of birthdays and holidays and everything else. And, um, I actually had a bunch of health issues that, uh, that were making touring tough. So, um, I was planning on having, (laughs) I was planning on having, uh, the, you know, 2020 off. Um, but, uh, um, so I couldn't have timed it, timed it better, but I've, I've actually used the, the whole lockdown and everything else, um, uh, to my benefit. I lost a bunch of weight. I got off on my meds. I'm healthier, healthier than I've been in years, you know, um, touring, being on the road, there's no <laughs> rules, you know what I mean? So
1: exactly.
0: um, I, uh, I, I beat myself up pretty good over the course of the years, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I really I really have tried to use it in, a, in a, you know, use this time in a good way. Uh, at this point, of course, it's kind of um, it's really kind of tough on everybody, you know, being locked up at home and everything else. But, you know, I, I've spent more time with my kids probably than I ever have before. Um, my wife and my dad who lives with me, too. Uh, so we've really been able to like really regroup and and uh you know it's pretty unique situation to be able to spend this much time with your you know your family at least but um but yeah i mean at this point there's people losing their jobs you know the music industry in general came to a screeching halt you know in in march um uh so it's really been um you know, it's really taking its toll at this point. I, you know, every day I hear about another famous club that I played in for years is, is shutting down. Um, but it's, uh, just a tough situation all around. Yeah. My bills lost.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. The only good team in New York. (laughs) Yeah. My, uh,
0: I mean, I've been a bills fan since the jets left New York. I was a jets fan. Um, when I was a kid, I was lucky enough to, my dad used to, uh, hang out at a bar right across the street from Hofstra university called Bill's Meadowbrook.
1: Yes. Yes. I remember that.
0: Yeah. So I used to, uh, you know, I used to go across the street to Hofstra and go s- stand and watch the Jets practice. Wow. You know? Um, it was pretty cool. But when the Jets left New York, um, I, I went, uh, I w- went right over to the bills.
1: I, I think that's really cool. I mean, they had a, a, terrific run this year despite you know you know it's the jets the, the jets are absolutely garbage <laughs> and as a jet fan what's winning <laughs> yeah. i've never heard of this foreign concept called winning <laughs> yeah we, uh, you know I, I i was always of
0: the opinion that the jets you know new jersey jets sounds good yeah That's cool new jersey jets you know new jersey giants but that's a whole different argument but um i really uh i really enjoyed watching the bills this season they were i mean it broke tons of club records they broke absolutely whole club records as well as league records but it's um you know we got a young team we're we're pretty much a young team we hadn't you know uh alan hadn't been to the really to the uh you know that deep yet in the playoffs and i think Another two or three years we gotta fill a couple of holes in the defense, but I think in another two or three years we'll probably be we'll probably be in there winning it.
1: I, I think so. I think the Bills have a very a very good chance in the next couple of years to really make a really fantastic run. If we can uh, hold on
0: to the guys that we have right now. Exactly. You know, two years to kind of gel and and uh, you know, if digs will stick around and you know, and, and the rest of these guys will, can stay with it and the Bills willing to pay their salaries. <laughs> That's always the issue. Uh, I, I really think we'll have a, a super killer team in another two years.
1: I think so. So so this is Super Bowl Sunday, obviously. This is going to be right before the Super Bowl. Who, who's your pick? Who's your pick?
0: I think it's Kansas City. I, I You know, I really uh, – Terrible to say, but I am a Brady fan. I really like Brady. (laughs) I, I mean, you know, undeniably, he is one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely, I I really would like to see him win another bowl outside of the Patriots. You know, I, for football in general, I think that would be a good thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, You know, he kind of lived lived under the shadow of the coach there for for a lot of years, but he's um. But I, I just don't think the Bucs got the – they just don't have the offense uh, that they'd be – he's he's unbelievable, you know what I mean? But Brady, yes. you know, without a doubt is unbelievable. But I don't think they got the offense to to uh, to get by Kansas City.
1: Yeah, you've got Kelsey. You've got Mahomes. Mahomes is one hell of a quarterback. Yeah. You know, you, you can't really beat someone like him. I'd like to see Mahomes take a, a second, you know, back-to-back trophy. I think that'd be great. Yeah.
0: He's – um uh. You know hopefully he's a hundred- i think this extra week off he'll be- a hundred percent you know he had the
1: problem with the foot and yeah and, like, and the, the concussion like, um, yeah exactly so ho-
0: hopefully you know he's he's running on all cylinders uh for that game because I'll tell you that's one thing you can't do with with uh with Brady you can't give him any breathing room you know the second you do he that's that's how the that's how the old timers are, what they lose in speed and, and uh, you know and and their arm over the years, they learn to make up for in other ways. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just like an old fighter. You know what I mean? Exactly. You may put a hundred more hits on them, but they're going to get the one that counts. You know what I mean? Or they're going to at least make you pay for everything you lay on them. So, but um, Brady will, he's, he's definitely absolutely a threat, but Kansas city, they just don't have any faults right now. I mean, they don't have or defense. They really are a a solid, well put together team. And they've been, you know, they've been to the big game, big game. So,
1: yeah. I think at this point, we should be on my friend's podcast, Empty the Bench, a big sports podcast. I think we'd be great (laughs) analysis. (laughs) This is awesome. I'm talking football with a Ramon. (laughs) So, uh, let's get back to the the Ramones. Uh, well, actually, not just the Ramones. I'll, I'll talk about your latest solo record, "The Holy Spell." I yeah. listened to I listened to it earlier this morning, and definitely, I, I I think it's got more of that modern punk sound with the hint of Ramones. So, what what was the general reception like?
0: Um, it's probably um, it's probably my mo- my most well received record. Uh, you know it, it, the um. it's my third, fourth record now, third or fourth record, something like that. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I really didn't do all that much songwriting while I was in the Ramones. I really, um, you know, I, it's, I really didn't, just didn't do that much. I wrote a couple of tunes, but it was fairly intimidating to be in a band, you know, with, you know, legends and guys who had been at it for years and years. Plus Dee Dee was still writing songs it, it was hard for me to ever, you know, to submit a song and be like, here, you know, put this on a record next to Joey's song. Or yeah, song. sure. Yeah. Kind of so, so the, you know, I got a couple of songs in on the last record, but, um, uh, you know, songwriting is one of those things. The more you do it, the bad, better you get. So, you know, post Ramones, I did the bad chopper record. Well, I did, I had a band called Los Gusanos. um, but it was uh, a much more kind of heavy metal rock and roll influenced record. Um, I did one record as uh, with, with my guys from Los Gusanos and then I moved on and did a record um, with a band titled bad chopper, but really as far as, you know, stylistically those records were really far apart. My, my first record as CJ Ramon post Ramones was Ray Conquista. Okay. And, um, uh you know i I love that record, but those songs I wrote those songs over the period of probably seven or eight years you know i had you know I had left music for a while to raise my kids um uh and when I came back to it i was I had all these songs I never really put music totally away i I always keep my acoustic guitar next to me, I'm always messing around, yeah, mm-hmm. I see on your wall yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, Ray Conquista, I had written a bunch of songs over the course of, you know, maybe five or six years, I should say. Okay. Um, the follow-up to it, Last Chance to Dance, was um, songs I wrote while I was on the road. But, you know, the more I played out with my band and got, you know, I was doing Ramon stuff in the set again and everything else, and my my writing kind of got more refined As I went along, you know, so when I put out uh, by the time I put out American Beauty, I had really kind of really found my own and and my solid was my style was solidly nailed down so that the holy spell to me, it kind of contains the best of all the um, uh, little things about the other records all put onto one record. Um, You know, the melody lines are real nice and, you know, Lyrics I have to say I've, I've never been I've never been shy about um uh about expressing stuff. So I don't struggle lyrically. Lyrics come to me really easy. And I you know, I like my lyrics, unlike my voice. I I don't like my voice at all, but a lot of singers say that. But um but lyric lyrically I I've always been I've always my stuff has always been pretty good, you know, pretty solid. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Holy Spell. Uh, what made it different was that my longtime companion in, uh you know, in the band and and the guy who really got me back on track musically, Steve Soto, who, uh, you know, I, he played with the Adolescents for years. Steve's just a great guy. He was a solid dude. He he died before we got to the studio to make that record. Mm. So that was the first time I was kind of in the studio, um, pretty much on my own. Steve, before Steve was my guy, you know. Like we worked out, you know, we worked on a lot of that stuff together. But, um, but yeah. So Holy Spell was a special record for for a lot of reasons. But you know, first and foremost, I think you know if it if that turns out to be my final record, my last record that I put out as C.J. Ramon, I'm I'm happy with it.
1: Yeah. And I I totally agree. Uh, I was listening to one of my favorites was uh, stand up. One of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always thought that was a nice, nice little anthem to get you pumped, you know, something to do while you're running on the treadmill or whatever. I thought that was something really cool.
0: I got it. You know, what I want to do is I want to write a good rally song for the bills.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Stand up, go bills. (laughs) No. Uh, so you, you mentioned, uh, in, in previous interviews before that prior to your inception into the band, you know, you, that you were a fan of the Ramones. Uh, what, what was like the music scene on, uh, obviously, you know, I'm an, I'm an Islander, so you know what the, the scene on the Island was like, but what was it like in the punk scene?
0: Um, well, to tell you the truth before I was in the Ramones, I never really played in a punk band. Oh, know? really? The Ramones, are, it's funny. The Ramones are considered punk because they themselves were punks, like street punks. You right. Know I mean? like, but they weren't ne- necessarily punk rock, like, you know, you know like the English stuff or the, or the California stuff that was more political and all that. The right. so, Ramones, to me, were a rock and roll band. But, you know, when I was younger and I played in clubs, uh, I came up in the, in the club scene on Long Island. Um, I played heavy metal. Okay. I was playing in the clubs in the early 80s, you know, early 80s to the to the uh, late 80s. Um and uh I was lucky enough that I got into a, a a band um that became pretty popular on Long Island. We used to we used to do pretty good crowds. Um uh I, and uh the name of the band was Guitar Pete's Axe Attack. Okay. So Guitar Pete was like a Long Island, you know, you know he was like a long Island hero, the guy's an incredible guitar player, but in that band you know under under Pete's tutelage, um I really learned how to handle myself on stage and um uh, and uh, and just kind of get used to playing in front of bigger crowds and stuff like that and Back then, you know we were um a mostly original band. we played mostly originals, and you know we could put four or five hundred people in a club in a night you know like that was uh that was the um that was really the heyday of the music scene on Long Island like that that 80s time frame was just incredible i mean every you know every night there were bands to go see the only bad nights of course were monday and tuesday wednesdays were always shaky but i mean there were so many clubs to play so many good bands to see and so many people coming out to see it
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, I was watching a, a documentary on Twisted Sister. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Seeing them, you know, their early days uh, in New Jersey, New, uh, New York City, Long Island. Obviously, you know, they're they're a Nassau County band. So, um, you know, my dad went to high school with Dee Snider uh, and, you know, uh-huh. it, it was a it was a very different time back then. And obviously now, I mean, there's still a vibrant music scene, obviously more eastern of the island really like yeah. Patchogue or uh, stuff like that but you know stuff uh, stuff of the matter you know it's still hopping yeah. we just need to get rid of this virus before we can do anything <laughs> yeah so uh you served in the marine corps my dad served in the uh in the navy just after vietnam uh and i understand that when you had the opportunity to join the ramones they threw you in the brig what
0: well, that's because I was uh, I was auditioning for the Ramones instead of being back at Camp Pendleton where I was supposed to. Be. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so yeah, I had a little bit of a uh, little bit of trouble there, but um, wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad. Yeah. The, 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 uh,
1: did they give you like the bread and water diet? <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing that bad. Nothing that bad. I,
0: we actually got to. Uh, uh, stay in the uh, in bat. we were I'm it was kind of the brig because we were under guard but we were staying in barracks that um a uh whoever was in those barracks before us had deployed so okay. they so they just put us in these barracks and you know went out on work details and all that fun stuff and but
1: nothing too nothing too serious and as soon as you got out you you said screw you I'm joining the Ramones." <laughs>
0: Well, I found out that I got the gig while I was in the brig. Johnny actually called me uh, while I was in and I thought it was going to be my mother. I thought I was like, Oh, my mother, she's going to be crying. Yeah. Uh, And it was actually Johnny. And he called me up and he's like, what's going on? I was like, ah, Johnny, sorry. I should have told you, you know, I was in the Marines and, and he's like, well, what's, what's happened? And I said, I'm gonna be here for a little while, and, and then uh, they're just gonna discharge me. And he said, "All right, well, do your time. Don't get in trouble. And when you get out,
1: you got a job." There you go. I think that's probably the the best case scenario you could get. Yeah. Well, I went
0: from the lowest point in my life to the highest point in my life in a couple of seconds. You know exactly.
1: And then you made your debut. I think. It, it, oh, man, I forget. It, it was a telethon. I don't know. Remember the name of the telethon? Jerry Lewis telethon. It yeah. was the Jerry Lewis telethon. Okay. Yes. Oh, dear.
0: I want the I got the you know, to go.
1: this was on channel nine, uh, yeah. 1989, you made your official debut. Um, you, you get on state. Well, let, let's talk about you actually, your first gigging show, not like a television gig, whatever. Right. What was that like when Joey said, take it CJ for the first time?
0: Yeah, that's very bizarre. Very bizarre. Yeah, um, Cause you
1: heard take it, DD for many years, but now he's saying your name. I'm like, yeah. this is a dream.
0: I, uh, yeah, I, I never really relaxed into that either. It was always uh, all the way up until the end. You know, I just looking all playing and looking over and seeing Joey on my right and Johnny just behind him. It was very bizarre. It was real. It was so strange because I was such a big fan, but I, in fact, when I was riding around with a buddy of mine and, uh, it came over the radio that DD Ramone announced today that he, that he left the Ramones because he wanted to get sober. And, um, and I turned to my buddy and said, I'll never go to another Ramone show. Wow. It ain't, it ain't the Ramones without (laughs) DD and that's sure enough never to say never, because I ended up at every single Ramone show they ever did after that. But, um, but yeah, it was uh it was a really it was a great feeling, you know, to look over and 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 see those guys, you know, just the realization I was up on stage with them. But the the way I always explain it to everybody is imagine, everyone's like, Well, how'd it feel? How'd it feel? I'm like, imagine if you got to play with your favorite band. Just imagine what that would be like. And that's kind of how I felt. And, you know, that's why while while I was in the band, I used to you know, invite crowds of fans to come back to my room and party all night. And I was always hanging out with the crew and the fans because I, I, you know, I was, I felt more like one of them than I did. Like, you know, exactly. to me, the Ramones were, uh, were, you know, legends. And I, I I, I could never imagine in my head what they did when they were off stage. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, the way these guys look what else could they possibly do you know exactly it was um it was a it was a good time i really enjoyed it
1: yeah now i want to get more into the touring sort of life uh i was actually checking an interview with with marky and um something about assigned seats in a van <laughs> <laughs> like is this a school bus <laughs> i'm <Yeah>. like <laughs>
0: It's really just where everybody felt most comfortable, right? Okay, yeah. You had Monty Melnick, our you know, the Ramones tour manager from Jump uh driving. Johnny would always ride shotgun. Mm-hmm. Mark was in the first row right behind the two front seats. Joey was in the row behind him. And then I would leave a row empty and I would sit in the last row in the van because it was the longest seat. Ah. <laughs> and I could stretch out and sleep because you know I uh, I was so amped up all the time. I never slept. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I would sleep in the van on the drives. But um, yeah. But not only that, I've all you know. I was all. I've always been a pretty avid book reader. I read a lot of books. Um, and I I love listening to music constantly. So I used to get in the back and put my Walkman on and listen to you know, whatever I felt like listening to. Um, and, uh, or I would sit back there and I would read and it really helped to, um, kind of make me feel like I wasn't wasting the hours in the van. Cause when I listen to music, I don't just listen to music to listen to it. I'm always like picking off little things I never heard before or paying attention, you know, focusing in on one thing. It's almost like I'm constantly studying. Yeah. Know? I'm a, I'm a music fan, like, beyond the beyond music band. Exactly. But um and and reading is another thing I've you know I've always been interested in. I have a pretty large library of books and um uh and it just really helped me feel like it wasn't just sitting there you know losing my mind. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You ever thought about writing a memoir? Yeah you know I started one um years back before my daughter was born and I wrote, you know, I wrote, I wrote a good amount of it and I get on it and I get off it and I get on it and I get off it. But, you know, now with Instagram and and Facebook, um, I put up memories from my time with the Ramones and before pretty frequently. Um, so the, I'm putting out all the information, but kind of in a different way, you know what I mean? Rather than writing a book, um. I've just been leaking it out a little bit at a time. And I always get comments back, CJ, we love these memories, you know, keep putting them, keep putting them up and you'll know, put up a photograph, tell a story behind it. Um, writing a book is, uh, I mean, it takes real serious discipline if you do it on your own. I tried writing it with somebody else and I, it just didn't work out. You know, I was like, it doesn't sound like me writing it, it just sounds like me reporting it, you know, Right, and that's why I decided to take it on myself, and then I was I wrote, I, I mean, I had a really good uh, um, uh kind of little ritual down every night um, w- when my two oldest would go to bed, and my wife would go to bed, I would sit downstairs and make a pot of coffee and you know, coffee and Jack Daniels <laughs> um, and I would sit there and I would just write I would just write and it didn't take me all that long to do like 300 pages probably wow and um and then I just you know my my uh my my baby girl was born and uh that was you know which kind of took over my life there um for a good long time and then I just never felt motivated to get back to it. And people keep asking me, when's that book coming out? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. I might get to it at some point, but that's not uh, as motivated as I was.
1: Yeah. So uh, I got a couple more questions and then we're going to end it. Um, okay. So I, I want to get to uh, this this part of uh, the show where I-, I found out that I this is the first time I'm actually speaking to someone who is uh, a cameo on The Simpsons um you know i love the simpsons and i didn't you know obviously i was young i didn't know who any of the the band members were you know i never really like looked into it and then you know i i looked at it yesterday because it was my friend's birthday and we were teasing this episode uh and then you know i just hear you go go to hell you old bastard (laughs) i'm sure you know what, what you know you got to be on the simpsons with you know these these guys and you know that have been these characters for decades i mean what was that like
0: that's um i was a huge simpsons fan i've always said that's one of the highlights of my career i got to curse on primetime tv <laughs> you know, the ten year old chris ward was like yeah i cursed on tv <laughs> uh, but yeah that was just incredible unreal so yeah the, you know the there's a couple of, of things from my career that are just kind of, you know, real high points. And um, that I've always considered one of them. That I've always, I always thought that's like unbelievably cool. That, and then we got to, um, we did a cover of the song Spider-Man. Yes. And it's a great video for that with uh, some animation in it. That's really cool. I, I really, really enjoy that. Because um, Spider-Man, when, when we got asked to do that project, um, it was called Saturday Morning Cartoons, and it was all different bands doing covers of Saturday Morning C- Cartoons, oh, wow. and Johnny said to me, um, well, I said to Johnny, I go, John, we got to do Spider-Man, and he was like, all right, you sit down and figure it out, and then we'll you know, we'll see how it goes, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just I just did it Ramon style, but I added in that really fast bass line. You know, and um, and uh, I, I just love that. That's like one of my. That's another one of my favorite things. And then, of course, <laughs> is playing on stage with Lemmy from Motorhead. Oh my God, Robbie yeah. Krieger from the Doors. I mean, you know, there's there's some real highlights in there. You know, I I mean, being in the Ramones it, itself is just you know, it's just a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But all the other little things that that happened during it really just made it that much sweeter.
1: Yeah. I, I'll always be happy. You know, so you, you mentioned Motorhead. I mean, Lemmy and I, God bless you, Lemmy, we shared the same birthday. So, <laughs> um So, lastly, um, if Johnny and Joey were still around today, and would there ever be a point in, like, we got to get back out there. We got to get back out there as the Ramones. Yeah, there was
0: there was already um, there was already uh, talk about a reunion tour. We had a standing offer for a million dollars to go play two shows in um, Argentina. Wow! And it was we were going to split it evenly four ways, um, but Joey died. Yeah. It Joey died. Yeah. I mean, for all the all the stuff that you hear about Joey and Johnny not getting along, when Joey died, Johnny said to me, Well, there can never be a Ramones reunion now. Like Johnny understood that without Joey there was
1: no Ramones. Exactly. Joey was the voice. Yeah. You no know, one could ever really replicate yeah. him.
0: He was the frontman, without a doubt. Joey was a really, really good frontman. He really was.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I know. He, he was still pretty sick during the final year as well. I know he, he had like some sort of cancer yeah, he was or something. Diagnosed in '94. Yeah, so yeah, he was he was sick at the last show, and you, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, you could kind of tell on the, the final show after looking at the video and listening to it. You know, you kind of hear a difference yeah. in his voice. Uh, you Not know. About- But, you know, towards the very end, he kept going
0: through those last couple of years. And we were, you know, we were really hitting it hard, too. We were out on the road constantly. Um, But uh, the band knew it was coming to an end and they wanted to, uh, you know, they wanted to pack in as much uh, playing time as they possibly could, you know, and make the money. yeah. and Joey, you know, he hung in there all the way up to the end.
1: Yeah. You know, and you know, and then, of course, you know, with Johnny passing away a few years later, I mean, you know, you, you lost two of the core members of the band. But, you know, you know, the, the fact that we still have people like you, Marky, even Elvis and Richie, you know, yeah. still playing Ramon stuff. You know, I still think the legacy will live on yeah. long after everybody is gone.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt, the Ramones um, uh, are one of those typical situations where you're worth more dead than you are alive. Um, it, you know, it's nice that they indu- got inducted into the Hall of Fame after Joey was gone, um, but I think if the band had had a shot at a reunion. You know, I really think it would have catapulted them into, you know, that icon- iconic status before they were dead. Yeah. But, you know, realistically, the Ramones are at, you know, have achieved a level now where the Ramones logo is as recognizable as um, Elvis, you know, the famous pictures of Elvis or Marilyn Monroe or James Dean, you know, they've achieved that status that very few artists or people ever achieve. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, a really a, a, a kind of testament to the, the years of hard work that they put in, um, you know, largely ignored by the mainstream Um, And they just kept hammering at it until the, the, you know, their underground legend just blew up and uh, and everybody kind of got on board to the point where, you know, you go into a high-end clothing store and, you know, there's a Ramon shirt for $80 or
1: $120. You know,
0: but that's the, that's the, the iconic status that they grew to.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, now the modern day bands, you know, like green day is a, prime example yeah you know uh rancid exactly yeah, yeah. uh but, you but know these are bands you
0: know that made punk rock what it should have been when the clash and the sex pistols and the damned and the ramones and Susie and the banshees and you know, all these great um punk rock bands goth bands um you know, those should have been the bands to achieve the commercial success. But thank God on the underground, the kids knew how great all that music was and they kept it alive. And that's a, you know, that's a beautiful legacy of, of all those bands. But it, it, it it's also a um, uh, 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 statement on how music that is born out of teenage frustration and and anger and everything else, you know, anything that gives kids a voice lives on, you know. Absolutely. Teen you know angst. I mean, it's just it's a part of our
1: evolutionary process. Exactly. Got to get rid of that hormonal energy somehow. Yeah. And I think music's probably one of the best ways to do it. Absolutely. And I think at that point, you know, at, th- at this point, I think we're going to end it here because I think we got a big game going on in a little bit. <laughs> okay. But you know, CJ Ramon, I I, I got to tell you, you, you had such an amazing story, uh, and you know, congratulations. I, I, now, would you want to consider this a retirement from music? Um,
0: I'm I'm definitely stepping back, way back. I'm I'm not going to go out on the road and hammer it like I used to. But, you um, know, I, I might still jump out and do some shows here and there, but yeah i am not gonna get back out on the road and and hammer away like i was you know it's
1: uh i I think you've definitely earned that time off per se you you've had a great career and uh you know just uh keep being you you know everybody loves the ramones and uh just keep that legacy going all right all right this is the her show tune in next week we'll see actually no we're gonna take a week off uh, next week but join us uh I believe. Let's see. I can't remember dates. Well, it's uh, February 21st. We'll see you then. <laughs> For now, this is Kyle Hershon saying good night.